For the last couple of years, we've been hearing from healthcare workers that they don't feel safe in the workplace. And hopefully that is going to change with the announcement this week that there's going to be a new security model put in place across all health authorities. Let's find out more about what that is going to look like. What does that entail? Joining us now is Adrian Dix, Minister of Health for the province. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, Simi. Okay, so tell me about this then. We're talking about 320 workers. How is this going to work? Uh, It's across 26 sites. So uh, we are putting in place two things. One, a new model of security that involves the training of our security staff. These 320 are in addition to the staff who are already there now. They'll be focused on areas principally of hospitals. There's some non-hospitals on the list, but principally of hospitals that are um, challenging areas, principally ERs and some mental health units to ensure uh, a level of safety and, you know, an approach to de-escalate issues because nobody, once an issue arrives at a point of violence, uh, you're uh, dealing with that. But we want to be able to also have people in place experience to de-escalate issues. They'll all be health authority employees. And, you know, we've had this challenge for some years, as you'll be aware. Two things happened under the previous government. One, the privatization of security services and privatization of other services as well. We had one hard to recruit and two uh, created some challenges. And, and twice they got rid of, Kevin Falcon actually got rid of the Occupational Health and Safety um, Agency designed to advise on these questions and to push forward new initiatives to make things safer. So we've reinstated that agency. We're working with our employees and we're, uh, we're adding these significant resources and training in order to improve security across the across 26 sites across the province. Okay, so what does the training involve then? Like what kind of situations will they have to deal with? Well, I think principally how to anticipate and de-escalate and prevent aggression. One of the challenges in hospitals is none of us go there at our best. None of us do, right? We're either dealing with, um, with some health issue, be it physical or mental, that is difficult. And the frustration sometimes when you can't get immediate response to that because your concern is always the number one concern that healthcare staff frequently have to triage concerns, right? And someone's got a more serious concern than you do, they get to get treated first regardless of the circumstance in the healthcare system. So there are unusual system circumstances in healthcare. So we have to have uh, issue that's trauma-informed which indicates, you know, which responds to how people act when they're affected by trauma and to work and give people uh, guidance and training in how to de-escalate incidents. There are always going to be, of course, there, there may always be incidents from time to time, of course, but we need, to, we need to have, I think, a proactive model, and that's what we're putting in place. And is this going to be at all hospitals? We started, and this plan is for 26 sites, so it's really the major hospitals around BC. And these hospitals were identified by our teams at health authorities and by our staff teams, including the Hospital Employees Union, the BC Nurses Union, and others, as the sites that both needed most needed these models, where we see the most incidents, and to support staff. And this is really part, semi, of a broader health human resources plan. We have very significant efforts in to recruit workers, and we have been recruiting workers at an unprecedented rate. We also need to retain, and it's really important to retain workers, and that means making improvements to the quality of the work site so that you keep your your longest-serving workers or even your new workers uh, through a period, and that means making uh, improvements to address issues of violence. Last year, just to put it in context, uh, you know, we've seen an increase over time, really, for quite a bit longer than that. 
there were 721 WorkSafe loss claims due to violence and 4,400 reported incidents. If you assume that not all the incidents are reported, that's a significant number, and that affects the quality of life and quality of work of healthcare workers that we need to have there. So what is the protocol then for dealing with patients? What will these security officers be able to do? What won't they be able to do? Well, I think, I think there's always going to be a role um, in hospitals for the police in certain, certain circumstances. Uh, often, for example, as you know, uh, people get brought to emergency room who have been uh, themselves arrested and, so, and injured in some fashion you know, perhaps um, related to a fight or something. So they're going to be in the hospital, they're going to be police there, and they're going to be able as a role for police. But what we want is to have people in these work sites with experience in de-escalation who can anticipate and see incidents and intervene in advance of there being acts of violence and to provide necessary supports to our staff. And they're going to be receive uh, external training in addition to the sort of basic security training they would receive and in-house training, including the kind of trauma-informed training I talked about, should equip, to equip people with the skills, the language, and the knowledge to be able to apply uh, that lens to their interaction mm-hmm. with patients. And it's important. Look, uh, this, you know, hospitals are not like all other places. As I said, all of us, when we go there, if we're caring for a family member or ourselves, um, some very good people get you know, in very difficult circumstances there. And our, our goal here is to have the staff there to support our outstanding doctors and nurses and health sciences professionals, healthcare workers in de-escalating incidents. All of them have experience in these areas. This provides some additional support to our frontline teams. Do you think, though, that this will lessen, you know, the need for police to show up in some of these situations? Because obviously that would free up some police resources. Well, but I don't think that's the purpose of it. That may be one of the goals of it. The purpose of this is to make our, our hospital safer, to make our healthcare workers safer, and to make our patients safer. Because if an incident takes place and you're there, it's obviously very distressing in addition to whatever yeah. reason you might be in an emergency room. So the goal is to make things safer in our in our hospitals to help. And there'll be other, of course, um, advantages of that. You know, safer workplaces mean people want to stay in that workplace. Safer workplaces mean patients are safer. But the goal is safety. And if there are other benefits, that will be great. Okay. Is this new funding then? This is an entirely new initiative. Yes. Oh, okay. So you foresee this as being permanent? Yes. All right. So are there going to be next steps involved in this program? Uh, we got to start. And so um, we're, we're going to be building out. It takes some time, as you can imagine, to, to uh, hire people and put the models in place and to do the training. But uh, uh, the plan is in motion now. Uh, there'll be money spent in what's called this fiscal year. Sometimes we talk about that in government. Yes. It ends March 31st, right? <laughs> right. So it's not, it's not till December 31st. You know, that's not the year. March 31st is the year end uh, in, uh, in government. And uh, so, but this year, there'll be $4 million spent, and that's the first year, and then it builds out from there. So it's, it's a significant effort to change uh, the dynamic on those sites. They're not the only place where you have to have, of course, trauma-informed care. There are always very significant challenges in long-term care um, and uh, all the training and the work that goes on there. And as you know, we've made extraordinary investments to add staff to long-term care in what has been a very difficult time in that sector. It's not the only place where there are issues, but I, I think it's fair to say 
that having this approach, I think, will contribute uh, to making the healthcare environment safer. And uh, it also reflects us listening to groups such as the Hospital Employees Union and the BC Nurses Union who have been calling for this as well. I know they hope so. Well, thank you so much for your time on that. Hey, anytime. Take care, Simi. You too. That's Adrian Dix, Minister of Health for BC, talking about this new funding that they are putting in place. So 320 protection services officers for healthcare workplaces. You probably saw that headline, right? But what does it mean? It means that if you work in an ER or if you go to an emergency room, that 26 different sites, whether it's the emergency room or perhaps the mental health unit of your local hospital, will have these officers, these protection services officers to protect staff and make sure people feel safe there. Uh, They're also going to include something like 14 violence prevention leads and they're going to expand funding to an organization called Switch BC. That's a new organization that is focused on addressing workplace safety. This has been an ongoing issue. We've heard a lot about this from nurses in particular who say in hospitals they were feeling unsafe and it was contributing to a lot of nurses just feeling burnt out, you know, PTSD, not wanting to do this anymore. So this is a step for them. And I think sooner rather than later getting that up and running, uh, we'll see what kind of a difference that makes. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com or you can call our buzz line 604-331-2899.